1 Corinthians chapter number 16. Uh, we preached out of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 um, Wednesday night, I believe it was. And uh, God has had me here in this book this uh, last couple of weeks and He spoke to me out of chapter 16. And I want to try to be a blessing and a help. My title's going to freak some of y'all out. I don't know. Uh, but I want to I wanna mind God this morning. 1 Corinthians 16. Let's look in verse number 15 this morning. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 16, verse number 15. If you're there, say amen. amen. Paul, of course, is writing to this church at Corinth. And he says, I beseech you, brethren... You know the house of Stephanus, that is, the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of Amen. the saints. That ye submit yourselves unto such, and to every one that helpeth with us, and laboreth. I am glad for the coming of Stephanus, and Fortunus, and Achaicus, for that which was lacking on your part, notice this, they have supplied. For they have refreshed my spirit and yours, therefore acknowledge ye them that are such. I didn't plan this. God knows it, but that's what we've just done. That's what we've just done. They've refreshed our spirits. When God brought this family here, they refreshed us. They breathed breath, fresh breath into my lungs. And into our lungs, spiritually speaking. And so what we've done today is acknowledge them. Ain't that something? I want to go up to verse number 15 and preach out of this uh, verse. The Bible says, I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. If I could this morning, by the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach on this thought. We need some addicts. Amen. We need some addicts. Let's pray. Father, we love you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity to be here. God, I pray, oh God, Lord, that you'd help me, God. I pray, Lord, you'd fill me. God, I pray, God, that you'd speak to my heart, Lord. I pray that you'd anoint me and use me, Lord. Preach the word of God. I pray, oh God, in heaven, Lord, that you would come by one more time, God, and that you would use us, Lord. God, to reach not just the ears of people here, Lord, but God, to reach the hearts of those who are here. I pray, oh God, Lord, that you'd encourage us, and Lord, that you'd convict us, and God, that you'd comfort us, and Lord, that you would help us, as God, we cannot help ourselves. Oh, God, please, Lord, come and meet with us today. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to me and through me. God, give me power and great unction, Lord, from on high. Lord, please, dig into our hearts this morning. God, draw us closer to you. God, help us today. Oh, great God in heaven, I'll sure thank you. Lord, I'll sure praise you. God, I'll give you thanks for everything, Lord, that you do in this place. Speak to our hearts, Lord, please. Oh, God, draw us closer to thee. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the Lord's people say, you may be seated this morning. If the Lord will help me this morning, I want to preach on this thought. 
We need some addicts. May I say this morning by way of introduction that it's here in our text where the Apostle Paul has begun to write to this church at Corinth. And we understand that concerning this church and in this letter, Paul lets us know there's some vitally important information both concerning himself, the church, and others that will come or had come unto the church of Corinth. May I say this morning among those who would go unto the house of Corinth and to the saints at Corinth, we find that Stephanus and Fortunus and Achaicus were vitally important to the church as they are described this morning as being addicted to the... Now think about that. They are described by God as being addicted to the ministry of uh, the saints. May I say they were addicts, but not in the sense of which many would identify with that word in this world today. Uh, The definition in the Webster's 1828 of the word addict simply means this. It means to apply oneself habitually. It means to devote time and attention by customary or constant practice. It means uh, uh, my friend sometimes in a good sense to uh, my friend be devout and loyal uh, highly concerned with uh, my friend that's exactly uh, what these three saints are in our text unto the church at Corinth may I say if the church has ever needed people who are willing to apply themselves who are willing to devote their time who are willing to offer their talents who are willing to sacrifice their treasures and give their full attention to the church. My friend, if the church has ever needed people to be consistent and to be faithful, not just in word, but by deed and practice, may I say, my friend, the church needs them now. May I say it is obvious that we're living in the last days. We are the church of Laodicea based upon the lack of faithfulness and loyalty among God's people and towards God and towards one another. May I say just as the Apostle Paul told young Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter number 3 verse number 1 the Bible said this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come for men shall be lovers of their own selves covetous boasters proud blasphemers disobedient to parents unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontent, uh, uh, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, uh, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying uh, the power thereof from such. Uh, turn away. Listen to me. My voice uh, is weak, so listen as best you can. Uh, may I say we're there friend. Uh, My friend, I said we are there. We are in perilous times. We are in the last days. We are living uh, in a day and hour where not just the world uh, but the saints of God are more concerned uh, uh, with self than they are one another. Uh, My friend, we are there. Uh, Our church, 
church and every church is in need this morning in dire need of some addicts. May I say we need people who will offer themselves. We need people who will give themselves into the work of the ministry without restraint, without having to obtain special conditions and selfish requirements and prideful practice. May I say John the Revelator in writing to the church of Laodicea records it like this in Revelation 3 verse 14 unto the church unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write my friend he said I know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot I would that thou wert cold or hot so then thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot I will spew thee out of my mouth because thou sayest I am rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked may I say Jesus John the Revelator records and this is where Jesus is today in verse 20 he said behold I stand at the door and knock if any man hear my voice and open the door I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me once again my friend we're there what are you talking about last day Christianity lukewarm Christianity may I say this is why God shifts his attention to the individual in verse number 20 he's dealing with the church overall but in verse number 20 he said behold I stand at the door and knock and if any man God knows in the last days it'll be but a handful that'll open the door and let him in the church overall has grown lukewarm the church overall my friend has become lazy and complacent and selfish and inconsiderate and unfaithful but my friend if we could be like the house of Stephanus and be addicted to the ministry verse number 15 my friend it's untelling what God would do in this place what are you saying, preacher? We need some addicts. Yes, sir. That term just is so so frowned upon because of the world's and uh, terminology and the world's uh, uh, definition of this word. But may I say, my friend, God is looking for some individuals uh, who will sell out and become an addict uh, uh, for His honor and His glory. By the way, uh, selling out to serve Jesus uh, and the bride of Christ is the greatest joy uh, that you'll ever know. Uh, may I say some of you uh, are trying to find satisfaction in every everything else around you and the remedies right in front of you we need some addicts may I say this half hearted inconsistent up and down religious nonsense ain't going to cut it for you your family nor your church family we need some addicts we need everybody to get on board we need everybody to sell out we need everybody to go all in we need addicts this evening 
May I say the addicts of this world will turn on their own families to find their fix. The addicts of this world will sell everything they've got to find their fix. The addicts of this world will go wherever and do whatever they need to do in order to find their fix. And yet they lay down every single night and they need more and they're never satisfied. But may I say, it's a God-forsaken shame that we have everything that this world's in pursuit of in our hearts and in our minds and in our churches. But yet we're filled full of folks who don't have a thimble full of faith. Oh God, we need some addicts. Can you honestly say today that God has all of you? Can you honestly say that God has all of you? My friend, can you honestly say that your entire life is centered around the Lord? That your whole life is centered around His house? That your whole life is centered and built upon His people? Can you honestly say, my friend, that He is at the forefront? I'm glad to report to you as an 18 year old boy when I got right with God I became an addict I've chased God ever since I've tried to run him down every chance I get I want to live in his presence I want to die in his presence I want to serve in his presence I want to love his people I want to love his law I want to sing his praises we need some addicts in this last hour Can I say this morning, my friend, when your time runs out, and it is going to run out, you'll sure wish you was an addict. What are you saying, preacher? I'm talking about look at how the world responds to the things they are addicted to. And they fall short of satisfaction every single time. And the Lord Jesus has everything that any of us could ever hope or dream of having. If you want real joy, He's got it. If you want real peace, He's got it. If you want real clarity, He's got it. If you want if you want a good home, He's got it. If you want a good wife, He's got her. If you want a good husband, He's got him. If you want good children, He's got them. If you need a good church, praise God, He's put you in one. He's got them. If you want a good pastor, He's got them. If you want a good uh, uh, deacon, He's got them. If you want a good church family that ain't going to run you down and click up, He's got them. If you need help financially, He's got you. If you need help spiritually, He's got you. If you need help mentally, He's got you. If you need help physically, He's got you. I'm trying to tell you, He's worth being addicted to. He'll never leave you in want. He'll satisfy. You'll never need more. He'll meet every need. He'll make every dream come true. He'll make you live things in see things uh, and then go through things you never thought possible. I'm glad to be an addict this morning. We need some addicts. Think about all the addicts in this world do. They'll sleep under bridges with strange people to get their next fix. They'll deny their own children. They'll They'll, they'll deny their own parents. They'll steal 
from their own family. Some have went to the point they will kill their own family. They are, if you will, follow me, the extremist of extreme when they are addicts. But may I say, God's looking over the Laodicean church age and all He sees is complacency and comfortableness. All He sees is idle time and quiet still time. I mean, my God, if the trunk were to sound today, half of us would have to hide under a pew and hope to God we were last in line because of our lack of fervency and faithfulness. You know the problem? You're not addicted to Him. You know the problem? You're not an addict. Preacher, I can't believe you'd say that. Oh, it ain't that I've got to say it. You say it loud with your life. Oh, but my friend, if you'll sell out and you'll forsake all to follow Jesus, you'll find your fix in every area of life. God will never let you down. He'll never let you do without. Are you listening? He'll never cut you short. He will never ever cut you short. We need some addicts. Isn't it amazing that Paul says this about the house of Stephanus, that, that, that they are the first fruits of Achaia, that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. Isn't that amazing how they love people? You know what will happen when you become an addict to Jesus? You will put everybody before yourself. Sure will. Instead of staying home, because really that may be what you need to do, you'll think of others. Yeah. You say, well, I don't really want to be there, but so and so probably is your life. Come on, somebody. You'll think of others. Well, I don't really have the money, but here's the deal. That family needs the money, and so instead of taking care of me, I'm going to sacrifice and take care of them. That's the nature of God this morning. Are you listening? He was a giver. He was never a taker. He was always a giver. I'm talking about the Lamb of God, the Son of God. God made manifest. I'm telling you this morning, He's a giver by nature. He always esteemed others better than himself. Are you an addict? Lord, help us all look at a few things and preach on that thought. We need some addicts. First of all, and this is going to sound elementary, but it's the truth. First of all, I want to say this. We need some addicts who are saved. I'm going to explain that in very deep detail right here in just a moment. Look in verse 15. We need some addicts who are saved this morning. The Bible says this in verse number 15. I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus. That is the first fruits. Notice that. The house of Stephanus, that is the first fruits of Achaia. What does that mean? Well, Paul is letting this church at Corinth know that the house of Stephanus, these addicts to the ministry of the saints were the first fruits. In other words, they were some of the first to be saved in Achaia. May I say the house of Stephanus is new converts. They were some of the very first to be born again in Achaia under Paul's preaching. May I say I'm afraid. Listen to me. The reason I say this, I'm afraid we're living in a day and an hour 
which people are attempting to be servants to God, but they've never been saved by God. I believe we're living in an hour, my friend, where the first step is overlooked. It's avoided. It's no longer important. May I say the first step to becoming an addict for God and to the church is to become a part of the church. I wonder how many people woke up this morning and served the church, served the body somewhere that they're not even a part of. May I say I firmly believe that's why we see such drastic amount of carnality, quitting, burnout, and unfaithfulness in this day and hour with little to very no, to no spirituality, no consistency, no sincerity, and faithfulness in most cases. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying, my friend, it's hard to be addicted to something you've never tried. It's hard to be addicted to someone you've never known. Eventually, your moral motivation will burn out. But may I say, if you really know Jesus and you've really been saved by His marvelous grace, my friend, even when people change, even when positions change, even when plans change, and even when places change, oh my God, you stay loyal and you stay faithful to God and the work of the Lord. You can still be faithful to His people. You can still be faithful to His call. Why? Because you're addicted to Him this morning and He changes not. Can I say the first step to becoming an addict is to be saved? Right. You know you cannot classify as an addict out in this world until you have become familiar with whatever it is that people are addicted to. Can I say that it's, it's, it's the nature of anybody that wants to please God to be an addict? There's a lot of people that attempt to be addicts, but they can't be addicts. You want to know why? They've never tried it. What do you mean? They don't know Jesus. They have a form of godliness, but we read it. They deny the power thereof. And they try to be addicted to the ministry, but they get burnt out and they become unfaithful. And they're inconsistent and they're, and they're, and they're slothful and they're lazy and they're inconsistent. Why? Because they cannot be addicted to someone they do not know. Listen, ain't no person, no place, ain't no position ever going to bring enough peace and motivation to remain faithful in the ministry. No, sir. Did you hear what I just said? There's never going to be a person, a place, or a position that's ever going to bring you enough peace and motivation for you to remain faithful in the ministry. Being saved is the first step to being able to productively serve the Lord. And I know it sounds elementary, but why, why I say this is, and it sounds like common sense, but can I remind you our churches are filled not just full of people, they are filled full of leadership and lay members who know not God. I'm talking about good churches, okay? I'm not talking about the Joel Osteen. Everybody knows that. I'm talking about good churches are filled full of lost people. They cannot addict themselves to the ministry because they don't know the God of the ministry. Secondly, we need some addicts who are servants. Look in verse 15 again. I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that is the first fruits of Achaia, that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. Can I say in order to be addicted to the ministry, you must have the heart of a servant. I don't know who in the world ever come up with the idea that ministry is all about self. It has nothing to do with self. It has everything to do with serving. Right. 
May I say these addicts were addicted to the ministry of the saints. Here's what that means. That means they esteemed everyone within the church more than they did themselves. By the way, that is what ministry is. You've heard me say this all uh, throughout the years. If you want real joy, here's how you get it. J stands for Jesus. O stands for others. And Y stands for yourself. That's the recipe to successfully serving the Lord Jesus. Is you have to put God first then others then yourself can I say if there's ever been anybody that to demonstrate the heart of a servant it was the Lord Jesus Christ the Bible said in Isaiah 53 verse 11 he shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many Philippians 2 7 the Bible said but he speaking of Christ but he made himself no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Now, if you were to look up the word servant in the Webster's 1828, here's how it's defined. It means to be one in a state of subjection. The word subjection simply means the act of subduing, the act of vanquishing, uh, bringing under the dominion of another, the state of being under power and control. Uh, it is to honor, obey, and esteem others better than yourself. Listen to me now. Can I say Jesus lived his entire life in subjection as a servant? He made himself subject to Joseph and Mary at the age of 12 when they left him at the temple and went on a journey without him. But the Bible said he made himself subject unto them. He made himself subject to God the Father. He made himself subject to the cross of Calvary. He made himself subject to everybody he crossed paths with as he served the men. Of this world. Can I say you want to know why our churches are out of order? I'm going to tell you because nobody's willing to be a servant. Nobody's willing to be subject, my friend, because they're not willing to be subject to anybody but self. My friend, our churches are completely out of order because the homes are out of order. Why is the homes out of order? Because they're not subject to God. Ephesians 5:24 said. Therefore, as the church is subject to Christ, uh, so let the wives be to their own husbands uh, in everything. Uh, uh, may I say the reasons wives uh, can't be subject unto their husbands or esteem their husbands higher than they do themselves is because neither him nor her are subject to God. And if a man is subject to God and his wife is subject to God, neither will have issues uh, being subject uh, in their designated areas if the hus- husband subject to God he will love like Christ loves and if the wife is subject to God she will be subject under her own husband may I say ain't no way anybody is being subject to the church when they're not even subject to God and their own selves and their own homes and their own marriages we need addicts my friend who will die Self and become a servant through and by that subjection to God. May I say, if you'll ever just sell out and serve God, you'll have no problem serving others. You want to know the ones that are quickly identified as those who will be selfish? They're not willing to serve others, which tells me that they don't even serve God. Because when you go to serving God, you know what you'll find out? God spends a lot of time serving you. And when 
when you see that God serves you and you get the opportunity to serve Him, you won't think twice about serving your neighbor, my friend, and being subject lower than those who are around you. The Bible said in Galatians 5.13, For brethren, you have been called unto liberty, only use not for liberty for the occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. The Bible said in 1 Peter 2.18, Servants be subject unto your masters with all fear, not only to the good and the gentle, but also also the forward. By the way, you say, I just don't have the nature of a servant. That's a lie. The Bible lets us know we're all servants. Luke chapter number 16, verse 13, said no servant can serve two masters, for either he'll hate the one and love the other, or else he'll hold the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Romans 6, 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Romans 16, 18, for they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. May I say, Paul, I could deal with the church at Corinth about being a servant because he was one. In Romans 1, 1, Paul, the Bible said, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. In Titus 1, 1, the Bible said, Paul, a servant of God. May I say, being a servant to others does not mean you're in debt to them. You're in debt to God, friend. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians 7, 22, for he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's free man. Likewise, also, he that is called being free is Christ's servant. I'm not in debt to you. Just because I serve you does not mean I'm indebted to you. And just because you serve me does not mean you're indebted to me or I to you. But we're all indebted to Jesus. And we ought to serve one another because of the debt he paid for all of us. It's my high honor to be able to serve a people that I did not pay a price for. I'm not in debt to you. I'm in debt to him. I praise God to have a servant's heart. You don't have a servant's heart. Something's wrong between you and the Lord. Galatians 1.10 said, For do I now persuade men or God? Do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. In other words, those who seek to please please men, the approval of men, are not serving God. But if you'll seek God's approval and God uh, is pleased, then you can be a servant. May I say, if you will live your life uh, being subject to God and serving God with sincerity of heart, you'll never have issues serving one another. We need some addicts, my friend, uh, who are so devoted to serving and serving God and serving others uh, that it's not a question whether or not they'll serve. Uh, It's a natural reaction, spiritually speaking. May I say most serve uh, nothing more than self. Uh, Most serve nothing or nobody uh, but serve themselves Uh, and that my friend will leave you empty Uh, but serving God and serving others uh, will leave you full. Uh, The Bible said in Luke chapter number 12 verse number 37 
7, blessed are those uh, servants whom the Lord uh, when he cometh shall find watching. Verily I say unto you uh, that he shall gird himself uh, and make them sit down to meet and will come forth and serve uh, them. Ain't that a miracle? God said if he'll find you serving when he comes, uh, he'll turn right around and serve you. Uh, John 12, 26, uh, if any man serve me, let him follow me and where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. I want God to honor my life. I want God to honor my home. I want God to honor my ministry. I want God to honor this church. But it only comes through and by having the heart of a servant. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 28. Wherefore we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear if you're saved yet being a servant unto the Lord and the Lord's people's too hard for you you're going to have a hard time in heaven the Bible said in Revelation 22 3 and there shall be no more curse but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it and his servant shall serve it what are we going to be doing for all of eternity kick back in a recliner oh no friend we're going to serve God forever and ever and ever. Amen. But it ought to start now with the servant's heart. We need some addicts who are saved. We need some addicts who are servants. Thirdly, we need some addicts who are submissive. Look at verse 16. This is all Bible. Paul said they've addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. Because they've done that, notice what he says. That ye submit yourselves unto such people like that. And everyone that helpeth with us and laboreth. May I say we need some addicts who are submissive. Can I say the definition of this word submit simply means to yield to without murmuring. That's what it means in the context. To yield to without murmuring. You know what the Bible, you know what Paul's telling the church at Corinth? The house of Stephanus, Fortunus, and Achaicus. Achaicus they made God from our church. They've been nothing but good to us. They've been nothing but a help to us. They've been nothing but a blessing to us. I mean, they, they are servants. My friend, they're saved and they're servants. And because of this, we are, you all are to submit to them. What's that mean? That you just fall down listen to their beckoning command? No, sir. That's not what he's saying. My friend, Paul is letting them know that these people are worthy of following. These people are worthy of pattering yourself after. These people are worth your time uh, and invest yourself into their life because they've invested their life into yours. May I say, uh, my friend, uh, uh, these people are addicts of the ministry and because they're addicts, uh, my friend, yield to them without murmuring. Uh, Watch them closely. May I say, my friend, uh, serving with subjection and serving with submissiveness share some of the same qualities, but yet they're two different things. Uh, To be subject is to 
esteem high, others higher than you do your own self. But to serve being submissive is to honor others and learn from their ways. In other words, it means to junk your ideology. It means that you listen more. It means that you learn more. It means that you labor more without murmuring, without complaining. Uh, to both God and His people, may I say being submissive, will take you from learning to eventually leading. Is everybody listening? I need you to listen today. Uh, being submissive, being subject, will take you from listening and learning to leading. But no good leader was ever a bad learner. Are you listening? You cannot be a good leader uh, and come from being a bad learner. You've got to be a good learner before you can ever be a good leader. And you'll never be a good leader nor a good learner until you become an addict and until you submit yourself to those who God has placed as a pattern in your life. My friend, submissive saints who serve the saints will be this type of people. They'll be those who listen more than they speak. They'll be those who labor more than they sit. They'll be those who look more than they see. What do you mean? Well, to look more than they see. It means that their vision will be the vision of their leaders. And when you are looking through the eyes of leadership, you are submissive. But when you want leadership to look through the eyes of you as a novice, my friend, then all of a sudden, you're no longer submissive. You're selfish. I don't want to see everything. I want to be able to look at things. Is everybody following me? Can I say with submissive heart comes honor and humility. Hebrews chapter number 13 verse 17. The Bible said, Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls as they must give an account that they do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you. Listen to this. James 4, 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God and resist the devil. He'll flee from you. I mean, I, there's something wrong with people who's all the time claiming that the devil's on their back. Listen, are you not submitting to God? Because if you'll submit to God and resist the devil, he'll flee from you. The Word of God said in 1 Peter 5, 5. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you, be subject one to another. Look, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Did you know submission, humility, and honor all hold hands? And a man or a woman of pride is no longer viewed as a submissive saint or submissive servant. Oh my. I preached a hard Wednesday night. I'm still tired. My voice is tired and physically tired. But I'm here to tell you this morning, if you'll listen to what I'm telling you and become an addict. Say, I am an addict. Okay. I hope you're saved. That's box number one. I hope you're saved. I hope you're submissive. Hello? I hope, you, I, hope you, I hope you're submissive this morning. <coughs> Excuse me. I, I hope that God has all of you and not just all of your mouth. Boy, there's a whole lot of people who, boy, they know God so good. Right here. They love, they love God so good with their tongue. Hello? Why you say one thing and do another? Come on, preacher. 
I'm talking about are you really an addict or not because I'm going to tell you something about an addict. They say what they mean. They mean what they say. Yes. They need it. They want it. Are you listening? Some of y'all have been addicts. I never have. Praise God. Some of y'all have and you know how extreme an addict is. Isn't it a shame that people would be addicts more addicted to drugs and alcohol and sex and money and fame and fortune than they are Jesus? Why did the world get the best version of you? Amen. What's good, Amen. Hey, man. Why, why did good. drugs get all of your attention of Jesus? Oh, yeah. Amen. Why did fornication get all of your time but Jesus died? Right. Amen. That's good. Why did beer get all of your money but Jesus died? <laughs> Say that again. Yeah. Would you? <laughs> Hey, Why did beer get all your money for Jesus? Come on, somebody. Why? Why did this world get the best part of you, but God get your leftovers? Good for you. Amen. You're a part-time Christian. You're a Christian at convenience. Boy, it's quiet in here today. I don't want to be a convenience store Christian. What is a convenience store? Why have they been labeled convenience store? Because they're easily accessed. They have 24 hours open, and you can go in and get what you want and leave and come and go as you please. That's what most Christians are doing with Calvary. What most Christians are doing with Jesus. What most Christians are looking here. As long as I'm preaching and it's helping you and it's not stepping on your toes, I'm the best pastor you've ever had. But as soon as I deal with you, or as soon as God deals with you, hello, then you go missing for six weeks. Why is that? You're not addicted to the ministry. You say you're all in, but you're not. Because I'm going to tell you something. An addict can have a falling out, an attempted murder, and three homicides with their, with so-and-so that they run with. But if they need something and they're really addicted and they're really in dire need of that, they'll put all that aside, walk right into harm's way, open their whole lives up, and take a chance on dying over simply one thing they cannot live without. Let me ask you something. Why is it that you cannot live without God forbid they didn't make you angry and say it in this generation of men, supposedly men. Right. Why can't you live without video games? Yes, sir. Not, not, yeah. But you can live without reading the Bible. Amen. Right. Good. Yeah. Mm. God help us. Amen. And, and I ain't got no, 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 no necessary Bible that says video games, but I'm going to say a little something right here. The best thing a man can do is throw down the controller and do something that men do. Yes, sir. Yeah. Amen. 
Notice this, and I'm hurrying along. <clears throat> we needed some addicts who will be suppliers. Good. Look at verse 17. Paul said, I'm glad for the coming of Stephanus and Fortunus and Achaicus. For that which was lacking on your part, they have what? Now I want you to notice something here. These addicts of the ministry did not only talk the talk, they walked the walk. They were suppliers. In other words, if something needed done, they done it. If something needed paid, they paid it. If something, uh, there was a need to be met, they met it. If there was a problem, they solved it. They supplied the saints, notice this, in whatever area those saints at Corinth were lacking. 
Now, now, this is where the Lord pricked my heart on this. This meant they picked up the slack spiritually. Well, bless God, ain't nobody going to say amen today. I ain't either. You're not a supplier. You're not a leader. You're a follower. You're not an example. Hello. It just, I don't, nobody wasn't feeling it. And I just, I mean, I wasn't going to be the only one. You're not a supplier. They picked up the slack spiritually, physically, financially. Addicts of the ministry, notice this, will do whatever it takes to keep the ministry alive and the ministry afloat. Does everybody hear me? I ain't just talking about paying the bills. You know, you didn't have all the money in the world to have a dead church. I'm talking about keep the church alive. You say, bless God, I don't want my kids to be raised in a dead church. Then don't be dead. Why you got to wait on somebody else to shout? Won't you kick her off? Won't you say, amen? Won't you have a fit or take a laugh? We need some suppliers in the ministry. Whatever areas they were lacking, they supplied. We need some addicts who will realize the importance of this place and these people will pick up the slack anytime the slack needs picked up. Notice verse 17. I want you to see this. This is, this is where God pricked my heart. They were not just suppliers of their own wealth, whether that be spiritually, physical, whatever they had, and they just give what they had. No, that's, not, that's not it. They were suppliers in the areas that others lacked. Let that sink in. That's ministered to me. In other words, well, I can play a guitar. And I should play a guitar for the glory of God. I don't know much to say, but I can really stay on key for the most part. So because I can do that, I should sing for the glory of God. Yes, sir. Would you agree? Yes, sir. So I'm just offering what God's given me. That is not what this is talking about. That's not being a supplier. That's just being available. That's right. Suppliers when they look and see others lacking, and instead of talking about others and running others down, instead of pointing fingers and bless God, they don't do nothing but just use and abuse. They see what they should have been doing, and instead of worrying about them not doing it, they've done it. That's what we just read. They were suppliers of what those like. That means, that means the empty spots, they didn't wait around. Well, bless God, I do enough. It's about time. Somebody else does something right. No, they jumped in and filled the gap. Can I say, if you're really addicted to the ministry, you'll be a supplier. I can't walk by. I can't, I can't walk by something on the floor and not pick it up. I watch y'all do it all the time. I can't do it. I can't do it. I said this years ago. Don't ever bring a problem to me if you're not willing to be the solution. 
If all you can do is point out problems, but you can't never solve them, just zip it, lock it, put it in your pocket. They're suppliers. Addicts of the ministry. We need some addicts. They are suppliers. In other words, they don't gripe about how little everyone else is contributing. Instead, they just picked up the slack. Can I say suppliers are selfless servants? Suppliers are those who supply the saints out of a sincere heart with no need. Notice this. No, suppliers don't need recognition. Suppliers don't need a reward. Suppliers don't need a, le- need a letter of recommendation. They're satisfied with supplying. Let this sink in. I'm slowing down, but let it sink in. Soak on this. You know what a supplier don't want? They don't want a spotlight on them. A supplier don't want their name to be broadcasted or well known. A supplier, matter of fact, as soon as a supplier becomes noticed, then they become a nobody. Why? Because every supplier has a supplier. If I could supply you, I shouldn't take credit for it because guess where that came from? I don't have the supplies. I've got a supplier too. Let's talk about this for a moment. Addicts in the world. A supplier. Or let's just use the term word. A drug dealer who had. Can we go there just for a moment? Yep. Because there is a likeness here. That's right. You know what a drug dealer who has all the money in the back room and all the drugs and all the guns and all the wealth? Yep. You know what he lives? Yep. To be hidden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, sir. He don't want nobody to know where he's at. Nope. Or what he's got. He don't want his name being talked about spread. He don't want recognition because you know what comes with recognition? When they find out so-and-so down the road has got all the goodies, guess who's on the hit list? Think about a supplier. You know what a supplier don't do? They don't take all the recognition because you know what I know about suppliers? They've been supplied. And the things don't go right on their hands, they've got somebody else to answer to. That's right, man. Every supplier has a supplier. Is everybody following that? Yes, right. In other words, if you're a supplier and you want you you you're you're contrary to what a supplier should be. You have to be noticed you're you're doing it wrong. You know what suppliers to do? It's to you're to hide, you're to be low and humble, you're to sit in the shadows. Because it knows it matters not if people know who we are. They need to know who he is. I'm hurrying along and I'm done right here. Lastly, we need some addicts. We need some addicts who are sharpeners. Look look with me. In verse uh, 18. Verse 17, he said, I'm glad of the coming of Stephanus. Fortunus and Achaicus, for that which was lacking on your part, they have supplied. There's your supplier. But notice this. In verse 18, Paul's writing to the church at Corinth. What's he say? For they have refreshed my spirit and yours. You know what Paul said? They've been nothing but good to us. They brought life back into this ministry. You know what they were? 
Sharpeners. What do you mean? Well, Proverbs 27, 17 says, Iron sharpeneth iron. Notice this. So a man sharpeneth the countenance. Can anybody tell me what the countenance is? It's the outward appearance of the inward position. Is everybody following me? A countenance. It's the outward appearance of what's on the inward positionally. Your countenance reveals what's going on them on the inside. And 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 Solomon said, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. That means he is ministering to that man inwardly. Yes. And the byproduct of that man being ministered to on the inside is the replica or the or, or the reproduction will come through on the outside. Right. What does Paul say that the house of Stephanus had done? They refreshed his what? Where's that at? So you know what they were? These addicts? They were sharpeners. They made them sharp. They made them keen. They made them... They, 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 they made the, they, their cutting edge was brought back. You ever just been around somebody and they bring the best out of you? Brother John said this. I don't know if he even remembers it. Brother Jackson and I've been here for a while. Verses now. I got. I've got to hurry. I got to. I got to be done. <clears throat> John thirteen thirty four. New commandment I give you that you love one another as I've loved you. That you also love one another. Romans twelve ten. Be kindly affectionate one to another uh, with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. Revel, uh, Romans fifteen one. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak, not please ourselves. Galatians six two. Bear you one another's burdens. First Thessalonians four nine. But as touching brotherly love, need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. Hebrews three thirteen. But exhort one another daily. Why it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Hebrews ten twenty four twenty five. Let us consider one another and provoke unto good love. Or excuse me, unto love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. First Peter. 122. Now listen, I'm going somewhere quickly. Seeing ye have purified your souls and obeying the truth of the Spirit and unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with pure heart fervently. May I say some people are simply called to be a help. Notice this. 1 Corinthians 12 28. And God hath set Simon in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers after that, miracles and gifts of healing and helps. You know, God has people just to have the gifts of help. But I love what Paul says right here. 
in 2 Corinthians 1, 21 through 24. The Bible said, Now he which established uh, us with you in Christ and hath anointed us as God, who hath also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. Moreover, I call God for a record upon my soul that uh, to spare you I came not as yet unto Corinth. Notice this. Not for that we have dominion over your faith. Paul said, not that we're the boss and in charge of your faith, but are helpers of your joy. You know what I want to be? I'm cutting a bunch of stuff out, but I want to be an addict to the ministry. And I want to be an addict that sharpens. That sharpeneth. It's a Bible word. That, that brings joy and help. Not just to the physical needs of man, and that's important, right? We today. But you know what, Pastor? We may have a physical need, but they were blessed more spiritually than they were physically. Right, yes, amen. You know what it does to their hearts? Right. Sharp. Yes, Amen. I look around and see times that God's done that for almost everybody. Amen. Almost everybody in here. You know what it done? Made your countenance better. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Made your heart love people. Care about you, man. <laughs> Made your loyalty. Yeah. People care about you. Thank you, Lord. Is everybody following? 